Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Up against the wall. Can't explain it, what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rate of Trev Radio, episode 516, coming to you on Monday. October 30th, we are live here on YouTube to talk about USC's uh, 50 to 49 win over Cal and so much more. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Rain of Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rain of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, tune in wherever you get your episodes. We are there. Email address Rain of Troy at fansign.com and our phone number. 818-643-7227, Second What's Bruin Show. I'm your host, Michael Steele. You're with my co-host here in the Rancho Studio in Los Angeles, Steve Bartman. Hello, everybody. Steve Bartman. You, you dressed as Steve Bartman. I, I am I am Steve Bartman for Halloween uh, for this episode. Yes. Yes. <sighs> Steve Bartman. Yeah, I'm I'm working on a divorce. Is re- is really what I'm what I'm doing? Uh, I, I'm I'm glad you acknowledge it, <laughs> Steve. Bar- you you showed up as Steve Bartman. It's uh, <laughs> even I am slightly disturbed by how uncanny this <laughs> this costume is. <laughs> it's it's the it's the headphones it's It's the the headphones headphones. if if you if you're listening uh to us on apple Podcasts and not on live on youtube uh alicia looks just like steve bartman uh black sweatshirt green turtleneck cubs cap and headphones and a, a a look on her face like oh god what did i just do just like just like Steve Bartman. Uh, I, of course, uh, continue to not celebrate Halloween, which is the worst hol- the the worst um, holiday there is. Uh, so I'm just I'm just me. I'm uh, just me. Halloween is the best holiday. I love Halloween. I spent all morning at my folks place getting all of our Halloween decorations. Well, doing the first half of our Halloween decorations, my brother and I really stepped up our game this year. We're really, really exciting about the excited about the uh, the tableau that we have created in my parents' front yard, uh, and uh, I am I am pumped. I'm pumped to be out there on Halloween, uh, handing out candy and scaring scaring the people who are coming up to the house and doing everything. So I'm not like a big costume person. This is unusual for me in terms of costumes. I I, I don't I don't think through costumes very much, uh, at least lately. 
when I was a kid, I, I did more, but, uh, I, I had, you know, break out the, break out the Bartman for, for your benefit. And then, uh, and then, and then get into the Halloween spirit in other ways. Uh, in the next couple days. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, anyways, uh, we're here, uh, to talk about USC and Cal. You guys were, were amped up, uh, to talk about SC and Cal and called into the rant line. So here is, uh, the rant line calls. Randy Troy Radio, what's up? This is Dave from Orange County. Hey, Randy Troy, this is L.A. Fred calling. Greg from D.C. again. Hey, guys, this is Michael in the 563. Justin uh, from Virginia. Hello, Randy Troy. Going from Grand Terrace, reporting from Berkeley. Oh, boy, what did we watch on Saturday night? Uh, we, have, uh, we have to score 50 just to beat Cal. I guess this was our Halloween game. It got scary. <sighs> <laughs> Oh my God, this is comical. And all I gotta say is, I never thought that I would be sad that I'm not angry anymore. And I'm not upset, I'm resigned. The biggest disappointment for me with this team is that way too often, the Trojans look like the damn inferior team on the field. He would like to think that this would be the low for the season, you know, you know we, that we gotta win and everything, but um, this will be the low for the season, but we got Washington. We've got Oregon and we got UCLA. We are going to lose the next three games. And I don't know how you could possibly look yourself in the mirror and say that's not going to happen. I think I can make a very strong argument that the Trojans could easily be five and four. Or heaven forbid, four and five. I don't know what else to think at this point. The defense is doing absolutely nothing. Jaden Knott's run for 100 million yards already. Excited about the, the win, but man, this defense is beyond frustrating. I know we need to fire Bridge, but hey, a win is a win. Let's go. And both sides of the ball didn't play great, but hey, you know, a W is a W, and frankly, feeling feeling good. I mean, it feels good to have a win after after two straight losses. An ugly win is always better than any type of loss, and I don't know that I can ever be convinced otherwise. But having to stop a two-point conversion to get a one-point victory over a not-a-very-good Cal team just leaves the door wide open for all of us fans to bitch and moan and complain as just a continuation of the past, previous four to five weeks. Roll with the punches for the rest of the season, go to some butt crack bowl, hopefully next year, and we'll hire somebody, maybe a Jim Leonard or somebody. Now let's see what we're going for, but this ain't it. We win next week, and all everything's possible. All right. Have a great day. Have a good week, and fight on, everybody. Fight on. Fight on. Love the show. You guys are awesome. Bye-bye. Thanks for the calls as always. Uh, I loved uh, the butt crack bowl from, from <laughs> Dave. That was great. Uh, the, the butt crack bowl sponsored by Charmin. Maybe a little too li- literal, a little too literal. I, uh, I, I remember the tweet from the other day that was like uh, Dabo and, and Lincoln Riley are going to look good with sombreros at the, at the sun bowl. And like, Ugh. Oh, good times. No, 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 but nobody wants the Sun Bowl. Uh, Then again, I don't think the Sun Bowl would ever pick SC again, right? It's, it's been, it's been 11 years. Is, is, is it cooled down? Oh, I don't know. Would they be willing? Especially, but remember like that was 2012. That was like people are talking about this season the way they talked about 2012. Obviously not this season. It, it's like, basically a, a a redo. Yeah. This would be the worst possible year to 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 break it and say, "Hey, let's give USC the the Sun Bowl bid again this year." Like you are just asking for the same vibes. <laughs> Very same vibes. 
Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens, uh, with SC and the bulls. Uh, but, uh, we got, uh, we got stuff to talk about. Uh, we've got, uh, some news. So let's get to the news, shall we? Save big on your Memorial day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Alicia, let's get to the news, which is there is no time for USC in Oregon, which is coming up in about 10 days, uh, 11 days, 12 days, 12 days, uh, November 11th, uh, on, uh, V day USC and Oregon locking horns at Autzen stadium in Eugene. Uh, the TV networks are doing that thing where it's the, it's the six day window. So who knows? Uh, what the time is going to be. Uh, they said it's going to be 1230, 430 or 7.30, which we could have already guessed that, but SC and Oregon don't have a time and neither does Utah and Washington. So it presumably goes down to whatever happens on Saturday. Whatever makes the best matchup is going to get the best time. And the question is, what is that best time as far as Fox is concerned? Uh, do they value the four thirty? Do they value the seven thirty? Do they value the twelve thirty? I don't know. I think it's very clear that if USC upsets Washington and Oregon takes care of business, that USC Oregon will be at four o'clock. Uh, I I think that would be my my guess. That's I'm pretty confident in that. Aside from that, then it, I agree. I don't know necessarily where Fox is going to value a matchup between USC and Oregon where USC's lost to Washington. Yeah. Do you put that at, at 1230? Well, uh, well we, but also we've but seen Fox put the big game at 1230. We've seen them put the big game, the, the, the big pack 12 game at 1230. We've seen them put the big pack 12 game at 430. Like we've seen them value the different spots depending on the week. So like, I, I think the, the bigger question is, you know, if SC wins, if SC finds a way to beat Washington, then I think the Oregon, the Oregon SC game will get more eyeballs than Washington, Utah. So then that's the one that you would think would get the higher pecking order of the broadcast team. And then it's up to Fox to decide if that's 1230 or 430. Yeah, no, that's a good point because there was the phrasing of it did make it seem like one of those games will be on at 730. And one of them will be on either four or 12. So the better matchup is just four or 12. Mm -hmm. And that, and that means if USC, if USC wins, they're going to be on it on with in daylight. If USC loses, they're going to be on Pac-12 after dark. Is that, is that sort of our calculation? Cause I think that's probably. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think that's how it looks. Um, but 
it, it also is going to depend what happens uh, with with Utah. If Utah loses this week, then the Utah-Washington uh, game loses its importance uh, regardless of who wins between SC and Washington. Like, as with the polls, uh, multidimensional things are happening in 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 uh, different areas. So just just wait. I, I don't think it's just a an SC wins or loses thing. The other thing is if SC only plays close games, you can make the argument that even if SC loses to Washington, if it's a super close game, it might still just be the game that gets bigger eyeballs, anyways, and that takes precedence. So yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know. We'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, the other news is that SC is still at number twenty four in the AP top twenty five, uh, and the first college football playoff rankings come out on Tuesday tomorrow. Yeah, um, I I didn't expect USC to to fall out just because of the the way that the poll works, especially with other teams that were in front of USC losing and falling out. It was going to take a lot for USC. To fall, out. it was going to take a loss for USC to fall out of the top twenty-five. I am very curious what the College Football Playoff Committee will say about where USC belongs. I do think USC will probably be top twenty-five, mostly because the advanced stats metrics still have USC as a top twenty team. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though USC has not looked impressive, uh, not passing the eye test at all at this point this season um the numbers still bear out that usc while not clearly an elite football team is still a top 25 football team yeah what i'm curious of is will we see the committee side with the advanced stats and have usc in the top 20 or will they side with the eye test and sort of have usc around where they are in like the people which is you know 24 23 whatever it is uh, not that it necessarily matters because, again, if USC loses to Washington, they will simply be out of the polls, mm-hmm. full stop. Uh, but it does matter uh, in terms of if USC wants to keep the season alive. Like, let's say USC does upset Washington. Um, your starting position becomes more and more important because the wins that you have to to take off going forward will only move you up so far relative mm-hmm. to your starting performance. So it, it does matter. It, it ultimately is like, I don't think it's going to matter, but yeah. theoretically sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I think that it'll be interesting to see if the college football playoff rankings gives Arizona credit because Arizona's SC's best win. Um, if Arizona gets into the, into the, the top 25, which Let's be real. They should already be should have ranked last week. Uh, they should already be ranked. Um, but with the win over Oregon State, you would think that they should be ranked, especially now. Um, but that could give SC sort of a boost because SC's resume doesn't look good. Like it's it it is a two point triple overtime win over Arizona, and that's it. And and then it's a, a two point loss to a now two loss Utah team and then a jiggle bagging in South Bend. Yeah. You USC's best win by far is 
an overtime win over an Arizona team that is struggling to get put in the top 25 at this point, although they deserve it. Right. Um, that can't be your best win. No, no. Um, it could all, it could all change this, this weekend, but of course, you know, I, I surely wouldn't bet on that, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes with the rankings, uh, when it comes out on Tuesday. Uh, let's talk about the, um, commitment that SC got in recruiting, um, from five-star corner Brandon Lockhart, uh, from the 2026 class, which means he's a junior right now, uh, over at Loyola high, uh, in LA, um, Loyola, the, the Catholic school, uh, your brother's, your brother's alma mater, Loyola, my, my oldest brother's alma mater. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the Loyola Cubs, look at the that. Cubs. They yeah. are the Cubs. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, SC gets a, a big commitment there. He's the number one recruits uh, in the state of California, the number one cornerback in the country uh, in the 2026 class. I think it's funny <laughs> that Lincoln Riley got lit up for talking about how USC's recruiting strategy is just simply going to be to get the best guys and that it's not going to necessarily be about California. Uh and then they go out and get the number one <laughs> recruit in California for to- for 2026. Um, not that I think that that necessarily matters. I just think it's funny, um, I- ironic. Uh, I don't know. It's it's 2026. It's USC's 2026 class has uh, is looking very strong between uh, Julian Lewis and and Brandon Lockhart now. Like that's a very strong base to work with. I think when we're talking about recruiting, you can't underestimate how important it is to have your foundational guys in a recruiting class because they help you recruit others. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's the important part here that USC has a very, very strong uh, platform upon which to build the rest of the 2026 class. Yeah. But also um, I'm not necessarily going to, put my eggs in the basket of a defensive recruit that's committing to a staff that I do not think should have jobs on signing day. So, um, well, not even this signing day, but you know, in, in the future. So recruiting is, is it's always important to be getting recruits, but right Mm -hmm. now I, this is, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling too much about it one way or another. Yeah, the the whole thing about the um about the states about where uh Lincoln Riley is recruiting, I think is I I understand the the what Lincoln Riley is trying to say that you just need to get the best dudes and that uh and, and fits and that's the most important thing cuz I I think he's he's right, right? Like if you just recruit the best players and you win games, nobody will care where your recruits are from. He's right. At the same time, uh, you want to be able to have, uh, you know, pipelines. And SC has had pipelines that they have built for generations of, like, several coaches and decades. uh, Modern Day and uh, Poly and all these schools. um, And you want to be able to access those guys. And so it's big to to get a, you know, five-star recruit in your backyard like Loyola is um you want to be able to you know lock those guys down like Brandon Lockhart right um at the same time 
just get good dudes. Like it, it's a Porto situation, right? Like I don't care if, if SC is recruiting in state or out of state guys, get the guys who are going to win games for you. And that's the most important thing at the end of the day. Uh, Pete Carroll, his whole thing was they were only going to go out of state if it was first round talents. So what happened? So many of the star players on Pete Carroll's teams were out of state dudes. Keith, Keith Rivers was from uh, Lake Mary, Florida, right? Uh, we, we know that uh, 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 Brian Cushing, Jarrett, Fred Davis, uh, Ronald Johnson, uh, Patrick Turner was from Tennessee. Uh, all these dudes were um, uh, Ever, Everson Griffin was from Avondale, Arizona, right? Like all these guys were from out of state. Uh, but they were the first round talent kind of thing. So if Lincoln Riley goes out and get first gets first round talent types of dudes out of state, and those guys end up being the stars on your team, nobody cares if you didn't get the modern day guy. But you have to you have to pay that off. Mm-hmm. You have to pay that off. Um, you have to be able to to actually do that, and you got to be able to win, and you got to be able to win no matter who you get. Um, that's, that's the key, whether it's in state or out of states, whether it's a non-gambling states or gambling state, if it's a gambling states, then that's where you of course can sign up for DraftKings because Trojan fans, have you seen the new promotion from DraftKings? You won't want to miss it. New users can place a $5 bet instantly to claim 200 bucks in bonus bets, you'll be also rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. All you have to do is use our code Troy, And using that code Troy not only gets you the great bonuses, but also directly supports the podcast. So if you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure you use the code Troy to maximize those first bets and parlays. Of course, the offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Uh, please remember to always gamble responsibly and check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Yeah. All right. Alicia, USC and Cal, the Trojans get a 50 to 49 win. Uh, not only was this a bizarre scoreline, uh, the highest scoring USC Cal game in history is the last one, uh, which seems fitting. Uh, shout out to our buddy Richard for being able to, uh, run the numbers on that one. Um, 49, sorry, 99 points. That's easy math. Hey, almost, almost a century. Almost, almost, almost a century for a rivalry. That's a century old. Over hey. a century old. Fitting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's been a couple of days. Your, your your thoughts looking back on it? Um, I I don't know what what more there is to say about USC's defense. It's it's just bad. It's just bad. I. I I rewatched the the Matthew Loves Ball copy of the game and it was just bad defense. I I I uh, I think the the thing that stood out to me is absorbing some like stats that I saw on Sunday that 
there, there's no more putting there. There's no, there's nothing more to say, but also you can still highlight some of just the things that explain why USC is the way that they are. Yeah. Um, Rich SC on Twitter tweeted, USC's defense has allowed 55 plays of 20 plus yards this season. By comparison, UCLA has allowed 18. On the bright side, USC moved from 131st in the country in that stat to 130th in that stat. So they're improving. That's that's a positive step. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. But um, they're giving up explosive plays like they're going out of style. And you cannot have a strong defense when you are doing that. You you can't like, and it's one thing if it's one thing if your defense is getting stops all of the other times Yeah, and you just give up a couple explosive plays a game and that accounts for the, the, you know, three touchdowns a game that you're giving up, but USC is giving up a dozen explosive plays a game. And they're also letting teams drive down, down the field and score on them. And they're also, giving up perfect red zone efficiency to opponents. And they're also, you know, giving up the run game. They're also giving up the pass game and they're also not getting to the quarterback. So, you know, <laughs> what what is there to like? Like it's, it's outrageous that LSU has one of the worst defenses in the country of the like top 25 defenses out there. And LSU has given up 39, uh, plays of, of 29 yards this season, mm-hmm. 55 for USC. Like LSU has a horrendous, horrific defense. Yeah. And USC is giving, is giving up like dozens more. It, it's, it's a problem. Um, one of the reasons why those explosive plays are happening, shotgun Spratling tweets, USC missed 12 tackles against Cal according to football pro football focus. Linebackers Mason Cobb and Tackett Curtis were each tagged with three misses. The Trojans have been charged with 102 missed tackles this season, 11.3 per game. Well, shucks. When you're giving up a dozen explosive plays per game and you're having a a dozen uh, missed tackles per game, maybe perhaps Mm -hmm. per chance those are uh, are related. Uh, and it's and it's not it's not necessarily that USC is not physical enough to make tackles. It's that they're taking bad angles. So even if they were capable of making good tackles, they they are just in the wrong spots half of the time. And then lastly, a tweet from RJ Abadia. It was a hat trick of shame for the USC defense. For the second week in a row, the Trojans allowed an opponent to surpass season averages in yards per play, yards per carry. And yards per passing attempt. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it's 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 not great. I it we we talked about it. <laughs> we talked about it for a while that this is a twenty-eight point defense, and uh, they've proven that is no longer the case. That there is no reason uh, to say that it is a twenty-point. 28 point defense in until they prove it otherwise. And they're, they're not proving it, right? They're not proving it. Um, the, the crazy thing is to, going back to the missed tackles. Uh, I saw that uh, fight on rusty tweeted. There's four teams that are actually worse than SC and missed tackles in the back 12, uh, which is 
shocking. Wild. <laughs> um, but the crazy thing about that list is, so SC averages 11.3 per game, which is eighth in the Pac-12. Colorado, ninth at 11.6. Washington, 10th, 11.9. Washington State, 11 with, uh, 11th with 12.5 per game. And Oregon State, dead last with 14.25 per game. So what this tells me is that this sort of gives me some credence to the idea of like, you know, every team just thinks that their team sucks at tackling. Um, but the flip side is when you look at those teams and where they rank on the giving up 20 play uh, 20 yard plays thing, they're not ranked where SC is. No. Uh, Washington has, you know, only allowed 28 gains of 20 plus yards SC is allowed 55, literally double. Washington ranks 30th. Nationally. Yeah, so it, which, it's which, it's not the same thing. Which tells you which tells you something about the the nature of the missed tackles. Like obviously we can't dig down into those numbers and actually find out 100 but maybe maybe all 28 of those uh explosive plays that that Washington's given up um those are those account for the 28, you know, missed tackles that they they've had. But I suspect what's happening there is that Washington is missing tackles and they have help. They have help over the top or they right. have safeties who are cleaning up plays or they mm-hmm. are are giving up 10 yards when they should have given up five. But that's it. Right. Where USC is giving up 50 yards when they should have given up zero yeah. because they're overly aggressive and they don't have help on the backside. And the help that is there takes the wrong angle and misses a tackle themselves. And you have two missed tackles on a play that lead to you know, long, long runs, or you have a terrible worse still than the missed tackles. Cause again, like a missed tackle means at least you were sort of in the right area. Worse still is watching the replays of, of Jaden Knott's touchdowns. And it's, and it's, it's not necessarily missed tackles. It's, you know, a linebacker hits the wrong gap. And then the safety is, is just completely out of the play because his, his, his angle is too narrow or yeah. too wide or too whatever. It's, there's very little good to say about the defense except for, uh, as you know, Kaylee in the chat says, the defense looked like they were having more fun in the second half. I I think that I, yeah. I think it's that is more of uh, that is a, a a an observation I think that gets at what I've been saying all along, which is this defense is is very difficult to watch. The one thing you can not accuse them of is not playing hard though. Like they're yeah. playing hard in games that well, it look at, feels like they should just give up and set a pack up shop, but they, you know, they get a two point conversion when they, with, yeah. with a well-defended two point conversion, I might add shockingly. Um, well, look at and, Eric Gentry. Eric, yeah. Eric Gentry is someone who has for all and purposes, all intents and purposes been benched seemingly yeah. By not getting the reps that like, I think a lot of people think that he should get, there's a million reasons for him to be all boo boo face about it and not want to to try or anything. And what has he done? He's done nothing but he gets in there and tries insanely hard. 
uh, misses an interception on a fourth down, and he's like beating himself up for not getting a fourth down, even though SC got the the fourth down stop because he mm-hmm. wants the interception that bad because he's he's playing so hard. So yeah, yeah, I, I think that the defense, the biggest credit to them is that the the dysfunction hasn't gotten to them, which is which is hard to, to fathom. But that's like that's that's good. I think that's a that's a good thing. They have the amnesia that you want like cornerbacks to have. Yeah. Uh, in that sense. Um. By the way, I'm looking up the long play stats. Want something really depressing? Air Force has given up 63 plays of 10 plus yards. 10, 10, 10 plus yards. SC has given up 55 of 20 plus yards. Michigan right there. Michigan, Michigan at 65. 65, yeah. 66. It's, and USC is not far behind in 20, yeah, in 20 yeah. yard plays. It's, it's, it. it's not good. It's not good. Uh, SC continues just to go higher and and lower and all those things than than what you expect them to be which higher and lower over and under if you're into those things maybe you'll be interested with super draft daily fantasy because sd fans have you heard about super draft dfs Superdraft hosts daily fantasy prop games where you can compete, compete for a chance to win cash prizes. The game is simple. For each contest, you're given a pool of props for upcoming games. You pick whether each prop will be over or under the given total. You can choose up to eight different props for a bigger win. If you want to join in the action, we've got you covered. Use the sign-up code FAN, FAN, F-A-N, FAN, today. Uh, and receive a deposit match of up to 20 bucks. You'll also receive a free pick in your first game. Think of it as a free square and bingo or a free leg and a parlay. Using the code FAN when signing up not only gets you these free great rewards, but also helps you directly support the podcast. So please make sure to use the fan when you the code FAN when you sign up. Uh, the offer, of course, available to new customers who are 18 plus. Uh, 19 if you're in Alabama, 21 if you're in Massachusetts, but 18 plus uh, and physically present in valid states, including California. Please remember to always game responsibly and check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. That is uh, Super Draft Daily Fantasy. Friends, listeners, if that segue doesn't earn a like on the video, then I don't know what it is. What it, what, I what think the other be. one was better. The, that, the, the, uh, the DraftKings segue was was the the better one. No, but I, I think that that this one was my favorite of all of the ones you've done. All right, okay, I'll take it. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say no, but uh, <laughs> let's get to over under. So you're going over. I'm feeling bold. Give me that over. I go under. I got to take an under here. I got three unders to take. I'm going to do an under here. All right, let's get to the over and the unders. Uh, coming into the week, I had a big lead, 27 and 21. You were just 22 and 26. Not good. No bueno. Uh, let's see how this week would go. Uh, your first one was <laughs> over under 99.5 Jaden Ott rushing yards. Uh, I slammed this over. I absolutely jiggle bagged it. <laughs> and uh, guess what? Jaden Ott's. 
absolutely lily warped SC into it. Uh, a big one from Jaden Knott, 153 yards on 21 carries. The vast majority of that all came in the first half. Uh, he had this in the first quarter. He had this in the first quarter. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know because when I set the line at 99, I was like, well, it feels low, but like, it's not like I could set it at 150. Sure. I could have set it at 150. You could have. And I still would have got, you still would have gotten the over. I don't know that I would have taken the over at 150, to be fair. Like, I have to go so high that I have to bait you into taking an Mm -hmm. under on on 150. There you go. There you go. Uh, next one, my first one, I said over under 12 and a half, uh, yards for Zachariah branch's longest punt return of the day. Uh, you took the under, it was under his longest of the day was all of six yards. Yeah, I, I took, I just played the percentages on this one because, uh, realistically how many punts was Cal going to have? And, uh, that <laughs> The, the craziest part that played out, we, we were talking about this, I think off air or were we on the car? Ca- I don't remember uh, about the punting situation. I think this was off air. We, we were talking about it and you're like, Oh cause, yeah. Cause I was going over the over under some like yelling to you in the other room. Oh, Oh, this one was an over. That one was an under. You're like, yeah, but Cal didn't punt that much. And then I looked it up. SC punted seven times. SC punted seven times and still scored 50. Is that insane? Like Cal punted three times in this game. Uh, but see, punt, punted seven times in a game that they scored 50, which is absolutely bananas. Yeah. Uh, let's go to your second over under, which was over under uh, 79 and a half uh, percents on Cal's red zone conversion rates. Uh, I took the over on this. Uh, you took the under, of course. And uh, yeah, that was that was an, an over. They were perfect five of five, 100%. Cal ranked 109th in red zone scoring at 75% going into this game, for the record. Yeah. That's an over. Uh, let's go to the next one. I said over under three and a half. Cal tackles for loss. They had not had more than three uh, since week two when they had a bunch against Auburn. You took the under on this, uh, locks me into the over. It was over. It was five. Cal had five tackles for loss in this game. USC is an antidote for opposing teams when their offense is terrible and when their defensive line is not getting production. Just, just play, you know, just play USC. If mm-hmm. if you don't have enough tackles for loss this year, play USC. Don't have enough sacks, play USC. Don't have enough yards or points or anything like that, play USC. I feel like that <sighs> needs to be a drop. Play USC. Yeah, just, just play USC. Yeah. Um, all right. Your last one was over under two and a half USC wide receivers with five plus catches. Uh, I took the under cause I'm not dumb. Uh, and it was <laughs> under, it was, it was under, uh, the answer of course was one. There was just one Trojan receiver with five catches. And that was Taj, uh, Washington. 
Um, no other USC receiver had more than three. Kyron Hudson had three. Dorian Singer had three. Brendan Rice had two. Zachariah Branch had one. Uh, Lake McCree had four catches, 71 yards. They're really, they're running that RPO with, with Lake McCree right up the seam. And I love it so much. I, I love it. Love that play. That's, that's a beautiful play. But that even is. if he would have gotten to five catches, he wouldn't have counted because you said wide receivers and he is not a wide receiver. So yeah, under, and I'll take the the point there. Uh, last one for me, I said over under eight and a half uh, carries for Marshawn Lloyd. And of course, you would take the over there. A little wishful thinking on your behalf, but it paid off big time for you. 17 carries uh, and 115 yards on the ground. Two touchdowns for Marshawn Lloyd. And then his receiver, Marshawn Lloyd, had three catches for 72 yards. Uh, it was a big, big, big outing for him. It was Marshawn Lloyd's world. We're just living in it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. 17 carries. 17 carries for a USC running back. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a it's a Halloween miracle. And Austin Jones had nine. Like, most days, neither of them have nine. Yeah. I, I need to really, I need to really, like, in, like, just bask in the warmth of a, of a, of a 17 carry, uh, 26 running back carry day, uh, because I do not think we're going to see that from USC again. Uh, Here's a question for you. When you think of one year running backs, assuming that Marshawn Lloyd's not coming back next year, one year USC running backs, who do you take? Lloyd or Ingram? Ingram. Count Ingram. Why not die? Or die. Either one of those three. Yeah. Well, Ingram was more prolific than die. And die got die got injured. Yeah. I take Marshawn Lloyd. I even live with the fumbling problems at this point. I sure. just love watching this dude run. I love watching this dude carry the ball. And I love Travis Dye. I loved Keonta Ingram, like both awesome, awesome running backs that USC added for, for one year. I, I feel bad for Keonta Ingram because he played in the third most forgettable season in USC football history. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, famously, it's 2010 is the most forgettable, followed by the COVID season and then 2021. Yeah. Uh, name something that happened in 2021. You can't. You, nobody knows. Who Clay, knows? Clay Hilton was fired. Who was SC's quarterback uh, after after Slovis? Nobody knows. Did nobody remember Jackson Dart? Uh, no, nobody knows. Um, but Counter Ingram had like his moments, and I feel bad because he's not going to be remembered. And I feel like everyone talks about um, Marshawn Lloyd about how great he was uh, great he is as, as a as a transfer i've heard so many people said that they they love him he, the the most loved sc running back since rojo or since i've heard since lendale or since buck allen or whoever and i'm just i always think keanu ingram never gets his due because he played in 2021 the year helton got fired yeah everyone checked out i i feel for him, but, for him. but lloyd 
is as powerful as Keontae Ingram and just a lot faster and a lot. And more, he's fun to watch. Super fun a to lot watch. More break, uh, capable of breaking breaking something. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Uh, all right. So for the week, uh, it was another big weekend for me. Four and two. He went two and four. Uh, the absolute jiggle bagging continues. Uh, I now have a record of 31 and 23. You're 24 and 30. So USC has three games remaining in the regular season. You need like a six to no week. I need a six to no week to get back in this because. Or three weeks of four and two. <sighs> like you've had. So if you have three weeks of four and two, you still won't get back actually. Yeah. yeah. I, uh. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I'm in more trouble than USC's defenses this week. Uh oh. Uh, let's get to the weekly leaders. Did anybody go six and zero? Oh? Yes, we had three. Trevor M. Our buddy, back. our buddy Steve from the from the Bay Area and Matt and Rancho all went six and zero. Oh. Well done. Well done. Uh, and for the season leaders, it is getting tight, folks. GPAT and Vince uh, in Southern Des Moines. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> Southern, Southern Dearborn. Denmark. South Dearborn. South Dearborn. Uh, are tied for 30, 37 and 17. They are in over under. Uh, tied for third is Jay Vandy, Stephen Shad, and Trevor M at 34 and 20. So a three game gap there. But the the tie for first place is going to be really tense between G Pat uh, and Vincent San Diego. So that's going to be it's really fun to watch. Um, and that wraps up uh, the over under. But uh, we've got stuff to talk about. We've got listen. We've got mailbag stuff. Let's get to the mailbag show. You've got mail. All right, Alicia. Let's start. Uh, with the old mailbag, uh, with a email that we got from uh, Tony in Denora, PA, who says, this is Tony from Denora, PA. We've got the win, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Wasn't pretty dominant, but a win is a win. We scored 50, needed every single one of them points. Right now, after two straight losses, I don't care who we beat. Could have been Cal Poly Pomona, and I would have taken it. Fight on Tony in Denora, PA. Also, last week, we got an email from, we get emails from Tony all the time. We got an email from another Tony, and we misattributed it to Tony the Nora PA. So he sorry could, to both Tonys yes, for that one. Sorry to both Tonys. We, Tony and the Nora PA called in and was like, unless there's another Tony and the Nora PA who also roots for us. Yeah, I don't think it was me, which I thought was great. That was funny. <laughs> Uh, that made me laugh. That um, would be a plot twist that would be <laughs> outstanding. <laughs> I always feel weird. Like when I put stuff in for like takeout and for Michael, like there's, there's how too many, many billion Michaels there? out yeah. there. Yeah. There's, I don't know how, how we don't end up with like wrong orders more yeah. often. Cause it shouldn't you're be like that mustard. Hard for- this is not me. <laughs> I wouldn't have done this. Maybe that's what's happening. Every time you do get mustard. on Oh your my God. I didn't think about it. The other Michael that orders oh, a shoot. No. I hate that guy. Jeez. Mustard. Michael sucks. mustard. Michael, that freaking <laughs> bastard. Jesus. Uh, all right, uh, let's get to voicemail we got from uh, Greg in D.C. 
Greg from DC again. Um, I just was listening to uh, Riley's answer about um, whether, you know, um, defensive changes need to be made, whether it be uh, philosophy or staff or personnel. And uh, he kind of started off the answer with something that was interesting where he was like, you know, we're putting the uh, defense in a lot of bad positions. And I'm just wondering what, what your thoughts are. Um, you know, if he's the offensive guy, you know, I, I'm wondering uh, if a little bit of the reason that he doesn't like to blame the defense a lot is that he feels like, which is not, it's not totally out of hand or, or, or uh, nonsensical is that they are sometimes putting the defense in a lot of bad positions. And in his mind, they should be able to do whatever they need to do, score all the points they can, and the defense shouldn't be able to be in good positions, not to really try that hard. And, you know, it's just one of those re- things I'm thinking about. Um, if you're putting the blame on yourself, you know, trying to take you know, the ultimate responsibility and you're the offensive guy, it's like, well, I can't really play the defense. So just want your thoughts about that. Thanks, fight on, and I think we can beat the Huskies next week. Thanks for the call, Greg. We'll, we'll we'll see about that one. I don't I I I don't know. We'll we'll talk We've about that more on Wednesday. That. But Alicia, what do you, what do you think? Do you think there's merit to uh, Lincoln Riley holding the punches on on Grinch as a way of uh, taking the blame on himself for offense? I think it's I think it's pretty standard for coaches to deflect blame on people on their staff by saying that there's something more that they should have done. Uh, I think we see that from players as well. We've heard the players come out and say like, it's our fault that this isn't working out, uh, that, that it's not on, not on Grinch. And, and I, and I don't, I don't think it should be a surprise that Riley when presented with a question that only has one right answer and it's a right answer that he cannot say because he's not trying to, blow up USC spot when they're five and one in the pac 12 and still in the title race. Yeah. Um, his answer was extremely telling to me. The, the full answer pretty much telegraphed to me that Alex Grinch is losing his job. Like there's just no way. That was my this. read on it too. Cause he didn't, he, cause he, 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 you know, tried to dance around it. He didn't say he it didn't, wasn't the case. Yeah. He didn't say like, yeah, we don't need defensive changes. He said, you know, uh, and then deflected and and then went to, you know, we're put, we've, we've put them in bad spots, which is not inaccurate in, in, in a yeah. lot of senses. They, they certainly put them in terrible spots against Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. There have been turnovers. There have been uh, issues where USC, in games like this, the difference between this, where USC was in a dogfight where they had to come back from two touchdowns down to win the game in, in, in very narrow fashion, the difference between this year and last year is just that USC's offense isn't putting their foot on the gas and pulling away from teams and then ending up in situations where they're up 24 to 10 and then for the rest of the game, the defense is giving up touchdowns every drive, but USC's offense is responding with touchdowns every drive and then it ends... 50 to 35 or whatever. And, and, right. and they could have killed off some of these games by just doing more on offense. Yeah. Which, you know, you can, you can say that when you, when you build your team this way, um, then yeah, it is the offense's fault because you, you put it in a way to where 
you've made it to where you have to be in that situation. So you have to sort of be perfect on offense. And if you're not, it's your fault. But at the same time, it it comes down to what you were just saying. Like, he's not going to go into a press conference. There was no way he was going to say, sit there and say, yeah, I've got to fire Grinch at the end of the year. Like, he's not going to say that. And so it's easier to always just blame yourself. Uh, If someone asks you if to throw somebody else under the bus in a press conference, the easiest thing to do is just blame yourself. Yeah. I mean, and it's funny because fans want you to take responsibility until, until they're mad enough that they want you to not take responsibility and and blame. Um, But the, the problem that the, the problem here is that um, we've watched many a USC team where the offense did screw over the defense and the defense was statistically worse than the offense, but the offense should have been better. Like that was the entire Clay Helton era essentially is, is Mm -hmm. offenses that should have been carrying the team that just struggled to carry the team. That's why we came up with the rot index in the first place, because USC's offense wasn't capable of scoring 28 points in a game when that's all they needed because they had a 24 point defense. So if you just, if, if your offense lived up to its potential, we wouldn't, you know, USC wouldn't be having these kinds of problems. That's not the case with this defense though. And that's, I think why, why it it sucks to sort of hear the response that the answers that Riley is giving, because even if the offense was doing what USC's offense had done in the past under, under Clay Hilton in past in past regimes where they were, where the defense was being hung out to dry. Like when your defense is getting hung out to dry and they give up 30 points, I can understand this being a, a an issue of, your defense is less of the issue. Your offense is is hanging them out to dry. When your defense is giving up 50 points to a team that committed four turnovers. Yeah, 49 points. 49 points to a team that that uh, had four turnovers. Yeah. Your, de- your offense is not hanging them out to dry that much. <laughs> right. Like that's 10 points yeah. maybe that you can say your offense could have helped prevent those 10 points. Yes. Well, but- not... F- 49. But like this is the, the the problem is that both things are true. And so when both things are true, you can say those things. Yeah. Because like I, I mentioned earlier, SC punted seven times in this game. So quite literally, yes, the offense could have done more. Like mm-hmm. uh, the, the offense was not good enough in this game, which is insane to say about a game in which they scored 50 points. But that is the case, right? Like that, that is the reality of the situation. So yeah, I, but but I think the, the crux of the matter is, and, and I want to stress this about all Lincoln Riley press conferences right now. Do not take what he says literally. It ain't for that any, deep, for guys. Anything. Um, because I, I thought I thought it was a good candid answer in the sense of candid as so insofar as like he didn't he, he didn't, didn't lie he, straight he didn't, up. Right. Yeah. 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 And and yeah, he took the high road a bit as HR pick and stuff in the in the chat says. But like he didn't, uh, yeah, he he didn't um, give the the dreaded vote of confidence kind of thing, and and that I think is refreshing. But on the flip side, press conferences are in, when a coach is embattled or a situation is hard. Like you're not always going to get the answer that is uh, that is uh, you know satisfying. And some of those reasons are because they they just can't say those things or they just won't say those things or they still have beliefs. So then you have to 
you know, still have the belief and, and all those things and on, on top of that. But I think a lot of people, it's easy to be upset about the, every single thing. Cause you can just hear it and not hear the, not hear Lincoln Riley get up there and say, yeah, well the defense sucks. So well, then if he doesn't say the defense sucks, well then he thinks that the defense is okay. And it's like, he can't actually think that. All, all I know is um, if you want a head coach to go against the grain and say what the fans think and what the fans are feeling and like be brutally honest, that's, that's, there, there's, that's your prerogative. There's, but there's only so many is, Jose all, Mourinho's. You know I, what I mean? Well, there, and there's only so many Deion Sanders. And all I know is I don't want USC's head coach going into a press conference and saying we just need a bunch of new offensive linemen. Like I want the coach to be ruthless. And if the personnel changes need to be made, made yeah. or if the coaching changes need to be made, I want them to make it to mm -hmm. do the, to let their actions speak louder than words. But I don't want USC's head coach to sit up there and say, yeah, uh, this is all Alex Grinch's fault, and he sucks, and that's that. Or yeah, uh, or the players all suck, and you know we're just gonna get rid of all of our linebackers and and bring in new ones next year. Like that may there may be something cathartic about that in the moment, but in the long run, I do not think that kind of approach as a coach yeah. is productive or sustainable. Um, so that's sort of where I'm at is that like, I know people want to just let their frustration out by picking apart everything that, that the coach says. Right. But well, in the, in the end, you're only doing that to nitpick. Like you can do that to anybody if you want after a loss, every coach only has so many things that they can say after a loss or a bad performance. And, um, it matters. Their, their actions matter way more than anything that's said in a, in a press conference. And I'd rather yeah, critique I, and judge the actions than parse the words. Yeah. Th this is why the, the things that fr sort of frustrate me about the Lincoln Riley press conferences are the things that are uh, like, for instance, I, I think people are going to be finicky about the, like the, the spark comment. Well, we're just a spark away. Well, Put yourself in his shoes for a second. Like, of, of course he's going to say that when you are alive, like alive for the Pac-12 championship, mm -hmm. like all those things, like technically true. Like it's the whole link, uh, Clay Helton thing about the, we control our own destiny. I'm like, well, if that's true in the room, you have to believe that you have to believe that you're going to you get right. You can't go into the Washington game thinking that you're just going to get trucked. Yeah, like, absolutely. You have to believe that you have the belief, right? So, of course you're going to think that you're just a spark away from doing those things. And then it gets picked apart where like, then it's, you know, every single, it becomes a meme on Twitter of like, well, geez, he thinks we're just a spark away. And like that's the stuff that annoys me, mm -hmm. but I think it exists because there are moments where I think Lincoln Riley missteps in the media, like the untrained, like, like the untrained thing. It's the, just bad. There's no, there's no good way to spin. I think, fixating that. on the un, untrained eye thing is a, a little <laughs> it's not worth it yeah. it, it's 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 a little corny at this point but at the same time lincoln riley said it and sort of asked for it by 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 saying it right like he put it out there 
And if you put it out there, people will latch onto it. People latch mm-hmm. onto the spark thing. So of course they're yeah. going to latch on to a dumb comment about the untrained eye thing. Yeah. Like, of, of course. Yeah. The, you, you don't want them to latch onto those things. Don't say those things. So, um, yeah, but, but that's where I am. For more than anything, it's, it's a hot plate. Don't touch the hot plate. Don't, mm-hmm. don't listen to the press conference. If you don't know, if you don't, um, like what he has to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, the the only press conference I think people love are the the winning ones when like Pete Carroll get up there and you know hoop and holler about how great of a day it was to be a Trojan and whatnot. Yeah, because you never remember the positive ones outside of that, right? Like mm-hmm. the only press conferences we ever remember are the bad ones. Well, and, and in the chat, LBC Robbie says something that is absolutely correct. He says uh, he is right. Ninety percent of the people commenting do not have untra- do have untrained eyes, and like. That's why he says it because he's, he's, there is, there's merit to, there's a a bit of merit to what he's saying. There's a million things. You just don't say that. Yeah. There's a million things that fans and I, and I'll say like myself too, will watch during a football game and I'll say like, why don't they do this? Right. And usually there's actually a good reason about why they don't want, like there's, there, the thing is that people, I mean, we see this in, in, in the media, right? Like as, as people in the media, I see people talk about like, why don't reporters ask this or why don't reporters do this or, or be very critical of things that, that people do in the media. And, and being on the inside, I, I sort of understand like, well, there's a good reason why people don't do that. Like you, you might not realize that this is why this happens, but the people inside recognize why things work the way they do. So, right. but at the same time, when you're a head, when you're a head coach, again, you don't, you don't turn things on your players or, or, or assistants and say like they suck or whatever, you also should know better than to turn around and say that the fans don't know what they're talking about either. Like yeah, you, that you, never, ever, ever goes you, your way. You need to say that the fans don't know what they talk about in a way that doesn't say the fans don't know what they talk, what they're talking about. Yes. And you also need to be, Correct enough for that to not then become right. For instance, the untrained eye thing was so insulting because like Lincoln, we're all watching the defense. I'm sorry. The the trained eyes that are watching the defense are watching this defense and saying it's catastrophic. So like, right. Yeah. Which which is why it's ridiculous to say it. Yeah. You can only say it if you could sort of get away with it. And later on down the line, like it turns out you were 100% right, but like he was 100% wrong. So don't, Put yeah. yourself out on that limb. Yeah. But yeah. If, if you're, if you, if that's what you mean to say, then you, you've got to say it in a way that gets that across without saying that. Yeah. Like you've, you've got to, well, you the, can just stick you, to the, you know, we're doing some, we're doing things. There are some areas we right, like or whatever, but yeah. the, with there the ones that we're getting wrong are the ones that we really need to fix. And that's sort of just part of it. And yeah. just stick with that line. Don't, yeah. you don't have to, you don't have to go there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Paul K in the chat says untrained. I will, will stick with Riley forever. Yeah. That that's, that's why you don't say it. You don't yeah. say it cause it will stick with you forever. But that's also why and, if you, um, the more, yeah. if you win, no one's, no one's going to have to say that statement anymore. This is true. Like no one's going to yeah. be talking about untrained eyes on Saturday if USC beats Washington. This is true. This is true. Uh, all right, let's get to voicemail we got from Navy Dan. Hi, Michael and Alicia. This is Navy Dan from Lamert Park calling again. 
I was just wondering if you guys noticed at the end of in, in, in that long halftime between SB and Cal, when they came out of it, Justin Wilcox called a timeout to ice the kicker. But here's what I'm thinking. If that was the second quarter, one second left in the second quarter, then he shouldn't have had any timeouts because I believe they were out of timeouts. So he ended up using one of his timeouts from the second half. And they could have used that at the end of the game, I think, it, you know, to try to get down there and, and, and you know, win the game. Anyway, uh, just wondering if you guys noticed that. Did he use a second half timeout? in the first half your thoughts thanks love the pod fight on thanks for the call navy dan i i looked into this um and it looks like the confusion was strictly a broadcast error because the score bug when he when they used the timeouts the score bug was already updated with the timeouts for the th- for the second half and then took it away um but in looking at like the official game stats and the game book that they that the official score puts out at the end of the game, Cal had three first half timeouts. They took both of them. The they they put, took the first two before quote unquote halftime uh, on that final drive that SC had. They took the third right before that kick, so they did have a third timeout, and that's when he took the the kick. The, the timeout to ice Lynch. And then in the true second half of the game, Cal took three timeouts. One of them was, was, was to talk over the two point conversion at the end of the game. And the other two were when Caleb Williams was doing the kneel downs at the end of the game. So they still had three after the icing. So the icing timeout didn't take away from one at the end. Uh, but this is, you know, when you when you have a broadcast mistake on the little score bug, like it it leads to sort of confusion that way. Um, absolutely, I, I I think it's incredible that I I don't we don't watch enough of Cal to say, but does Wilcox never use his timeouts to the point where he always has all three in the last minute? Well, he's not calling offensive timeouts because they're taking too long to let the defense sub. And then <laughs> I mean, I guess so. Like that's it's good clock management to have the I timeouts did, like that. I did notice. And I don't know. Cause I haven't necessarily been paying attention before this game, but I did notice turnabout being fair play and USC's defensive, uh, re- defensive uh, substitutions being rather slow. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, maybe you, if you can't, if you can't beat them, join them in, in that. But uh, yeah, you are correct. It was uh it was ju- it was just the this is why you don't restart the first half after halftime and have all of this kind of stuff go crazy yeah yeah it, absolutely it gets uh it gets a little bit uh a little bit confusing um all right uh let's go to uh messages we got here in the youtube chat uh cameron says do you think the best high school offenses like gorman uh, Bishop Gorman, modern day or Bosco could put up 35 plus points on this SC defense. <laughs> my, my honest, my honest reaction was of course they could, but, <laughs> but then after I had that thought, uh, you always have to remember that cause these kinds of things always get asked, like, you know, yeah. could, uh, could USC's offense put up, uh, you know, 20 points on the best defense in the NFL. And the answer, 
the best offense in college football every year could not score a point on the on the worst defense in in the NFL. Yeah. Um, maybe they could score like one fluky touchdown. Mm-hmm. But other than that, they are getting absolutely worked. And the same is true when you when you do the step down from college it's to, the line to high school. It's yeah, the uh, the best high school offenses maybe have one or two college level offensive linemen. Yeah, uh, they would get absolutely mauled. Like Bear Alexander, you could triple team Bear Alexander and he would still yeah. maul those dudes. The, the, the modern day offensive line might have five guys who end up playing college football. But one of them might be a freshman who ends up playing D2. And then another one might be, yeah, a five-star recruit um, who is a senior and still is not in college yet. And then another one might be uh, like play at the JUCO level or whatever. Uh, but more realistically, like one of those is going to have a right guard who's going to be in mechanic school in six weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, that, that. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Um, Ron Murdy says, do you see Jen Cohen inserting herself into doing something with Alex Grinch or let Lincoln Riley handle that at the end of the year? I think she probably lets him handle that at the end of the year and then gets involved with the search after that. Uh, She should not meddle here is my opinion. I think I said it on, on one of our last episodes the only thing that Jen Cohen should do when talking to Lincoln Riley about the defensive coordinator should be to slide a blank check across the table to him. Yeah. Uh, she shouldn't need to meddle here. Needs to meddle here. Then she needs to find her own head coach is sort of my perspective. And I do not think that is the reality. I'm just saying like, if that were the reality, then, then there's a, 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 a larger problem than I think anybody saw coming right Uh, so yeah she should um she should not get in the way here and just support lincoln when he makes the inevitable decision yeah we we got a youtube comment from last episode uh from from the car cast from greg that says i am sure if mike bone was still the ad he would have gone for another try to get dave aranda assuming aranda is fired this year I remember after the Holiday Bowl loss, USC was really close to hiring him to be the next DC. Aranda would be a good hire. He's from Kern County and has some experience in the Big Ten when he was the DC for Wisconsin. He would be my second option behind uh, the popular Jim Leonard. Yes, I I, th- I think we both agree with that, right? I, I think the, the thing about Mike Bone not being here that is the biggest problem obviously mike bone should not be usc's ad because of all the off the stuff but that goes with it without getting into obviously uh the biggest problem of not having mike bone around is not having brandon sasna around who was the guy running all of the search stuff behind the scenes and i think brandon sasna would have like a gigantic binder of all the dudes and uh, all the guys that you need to go after with Dave Aranda being on that list, uh, you'd hope that there's still someone in SC's, um, you know, in athletic department that can sort of fill that role. But we need to we need to see that be the case. I mean, and and the yeah, the the good thing is that Jen Cohen is 
or has proven to be a, a capable athletic director in terms of the hires that she made at Washington. So you sort of just have to put your faith in, in that. Yeah. Uh, LBC Robbie says, guys, if we lose two or three of the last three games, there's going to be changes on the staff. I assure you. Yeah. I, I think like Alicia, like you said, I think the way that he answered the Riley answered the question about the changes at defensive coordinator to me, like just the body language said that, Grinch is gone, but like, there's no way it, it can't be the case, right? There's there's no way it can't be. I like I said, if it if it's not the case, then there's a bigger problem, and that and in a bigger change should be made. Yeah. Um, Tim in LA says, anyone noticed that they started fair catching kickoffs? I love that Zinta put the offense in a good starting point. Any guesses why they made that change? Uh, I would guess somebody just had to sit down with Zachariah Branch and said, yo, dude, you're, you can't, you can't to just take every, everyone and, and screw the offense into the 15 yard line. Um, SC started drives at the 11 and the 10, uh, in the, in the, in the second quarter, first half. Yeah. Was one of those was a punt though? No, both those are kickoffs. Both from kickoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I presume it was after that where they said, stop it. And I guess that's the message you have to send at a certain point. Yeah. Uh, let's go to a question or a comment we got from West Texas Mike. Are we being pranked with Jiggle Bag or Jiggle Bang? Is this like Fetch? Is Michael trying to make something new happen? <laughs> Alicia, why would I do that? Why on earth would you do that? <laughs> I don't know. You, you're the one that invented Jiggleback, right? I, am I the one that invented? I think Jiggleback? so. Yeah, yeah. I think I invented uh, Schwizzy Haggled, <laughs> Lily Warped, <laughs> you, you, Paper Scarfed, yeah, Turtle Boofed. <laughs> turtle Boofed is a good one. I like that. <laughs> uh, it's happening, guys. Boomel Thrusted, yeah. <laughs> Any of those. Um, we need any- to we need to incorporate a a, a uh, like uh, um, something like uh, Warful Grinched, Dan- like Danny Warful. I don't know. Just Grinched needs to be involved in uh, in some of this. Uh, struggle Grinched. Eh. Hel- Helta Grinched. Helta Grinched. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, anyways, uh, we'll be back on Wednesday to preview the upcoming jiggle bagging that SC will get from Washington, presumably. Because, uh, of course, there's no football reason to pick the Trojans in that game. Uh, but we're going to preview it anyways. Uh, so join us Wednesday, 5 p.m. Uh, hopefully right at five and we don't have technical issues uh, that force us to uh, get weird and start late. So uh, hopefully we're able to do that live here on YouTube uh, until then we will be back then. Uh, thank you as always email address at random Phone number uh, 818-643-7227. Uh, we So uh, until then final word. <laughs> The final word is grit strained as Brandon in the chat offered up. <laughs> there, there we or go. Or just grinched. Yeah. I mean, grinched, grinched works. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll see you. Yeah. See ya. See ya.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.